Up next is a guy that I really love, Fox News, and he's a big-time writer, and the guy's at the gym, and he's just a New York treasure. Everybody loves him. Bo Dita loves him, too. That's all that matters. He's the great Charlie Gasparino. Charlie, good Monday morning, buddy. How are you? Hey, great, Sid. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, this Dylan Mulvaney stuff, I, you know, I'm in recovery, so I don't drink anymore. Uh, I was never really a beer guy. Like if I went, like if I went to the Ranger game tonight, I would drink beer. If I went to a Met game, I'd drink beer. Otherwise, I was uh, a vodka guy, you know. But um, yeah, me too. yeah, you too. There you go. But so you know that the beer companies, they see the millennials like an old Sid and Charlie drinking tequila, Casamigos, and vodka, and uh, they want to drink beer. So I guess in an effort to Sway some of these kids. They've gone the transgender route. Dylan Mulvaney, I'm going to ask you, I don't know. How's that gone so far? Uh, not very well. <laughs> I mean, listen, I work with millennials all the time. Uh, you know, my, my producer is a, is a millennial Gen Zer, I guess, on the borderline there. Um, and, you know, I asked, does a transvestite in a bubble bath semi-nude, sipping a beer, does that entice you to buy that beer? (laughs) And I couldn't find one person who said that a transvestite semi-nude in a bubble bath, sipping a beer and giggling, uh, is a turn-on to buy the beer. Yeah. Uh, And just to buy the price. It it, it is one of the dumbest things I've ever ever countered. But, you know, there's a whole corporate story here, which I wrote about in the post for my weekly column. Um, you know, I, I know they, they put, they allegedly put the the person who was behind the ad, the marketing person on leave. And I think they're making her a scapegoat because there's just no way one person, you know, gets away with something, right. something like this without. It's, 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 it's kind of like, it's, like, it's, it's kind of like giving the kid who leaked the Pentagon information, the death penalty. And no one else gets yeah, in trouble. Just, you know, you know, somebody, someone higher up screwed up. Of course. And you know that. And so I, I feel badly for her. She was stretching and they were stretching. And, uh, you know, this is a company that if you if, if you go through corporate history, and again, I've been, I, I've been reporting this out, not just with people that know the some of the executives, but people, I have sources whose family own, um, own beer, beer distributors, like big ones. So I, I I asked him about this stuff. This is the talk of all, you know, Anheuser-Busch is a company, but it, it runs based on its beer distributors and wholesalers that sell to people. And uh, this is a company, Anheuser-Busch, that was bought out, bought by another company, a Belgian-Brazilian company called InBev, about 15 years ago, which is essentially largely controlled, not essentially, but largely controlled by a, 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 um, a private equity firm called 3G. And they're known as wicked, notorious cost-cutting. And from what I understand, they just whacked out layers and layers of management, including people in the marketing department. So you didn't have, you know, some of the best people were not there. At least this is what I heard. I called up 3G and InBev for comment and Anheuser-Busch Day. You know, they're not calling me back. But uh, Hmm. this is what I heard, that some of this, you know, when you start cutting so much, when you look to cut fat, Right. Sometimes in these corporate situations, you cut bones and then you start getting rid of people that you need there to make sure everything yeah. runs on time and runs right. And I, that's what I've heard happened in, in this case. Well, I don't uh, like I said, I don't drink beer anymore. But uh, Justin Alec does my producer. And he said the bigger issue is that Bud Light just sucks. It's a horrible beer. I don't know if that's true or not. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. I've heard that too. 
I mean, all I know is when I was growing up, Charlie, and, and I'm a big sports fan, though you are too, and, you know, all these commercials are like former football players and, you know, they even invited guys like Rodney Dangerfield, but it was so masculine and so fun to watch some of these guys taste better or, you know, whatever, all these different um, slogans they had, and it was great, and the beer business was booming. I, I don't know why they think all of a sudden this was going to work. I mean, bring back the old fat football players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Clydesdales. I mean, it was American. It was very American, you know. I mean, Anheuser Busch. Listen, I went to University of Missouri Journalism School, right? We used to. That's in. That's in the middle of Missouri, Columbia, Missouri. And then we used to take trips to St. Louis to go to the Anheuser Busch factory, which was wild. Like you go there, you drink some beers. They they give nice. you a tour. I mean, it is an American company, started by uh, a guy that you know, uh, Augustus Bush, who. Um, German immigrant, I believe, he served in the Civil War, and then he came back and he created a beer company here that became an iconic brand. And to see it being, being, you know, just, just, just abused like this. And listen, I, I'm not. Trust me, Sid, I'm not anti-trans at, at all. I have friends who are trans. I don't, couldn't care less what you do with your life. But this sort of weird indoctrination of the left. Um, in every fact of our lives, you know, commercials, this, that, and the other thing, to change what yeah. is essentially cultural norms. I mean, we're not talking about acceptance here. We're talking about proselytizing. It's a difference. One thing to demand acceptance, and another thing to demand, demand yeah. that. No, they go too far. I mean, I remember. That's, it, what, we're, that's what we have here. Right. It's I mean, you, you, for the most of our lives, Charlie Gasparino, all the commercials were white people, and that's not good either, but. Now, every commercial I see, and it doesn't matter what the product is, it doesn't matter, two black people, an Asian person, and they throw in a token white person at the very end. It's like, why do you have to go to the other extreme? Why? I know. I To see a white guy doing anything in a commercial now is, like, is is really rare. Yeah. It's like yes. white males don't exist. They, 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 they don't exist. They don't pay taxes. They don't do anything. They actually pay <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I, I you know. And you ever notice that if you see couples, they're often interracial? Yes, yes. Now, I, yes. I, again, nothing about I couldn't care less. And trust me on this, but are all couples you know interracial? Does that represent <laughs> no. sort of, like, any sort of sampling, oh, grand God, demographic no. sampling? It's so nuts. And by the way, these are the type of people that are in a lot of these marketing departments. That's how you come. And then if you get rid of some of the old hands and you start cutting and, you know, people leave and some smart people leave. Well, then you get marketing departments run mm-hmm. amok and you see trans- transvestites in bubble baths. Or the the other one on the March Madness, I thought, was even more. And I thought it was belittling to women. So Dylan Mulvaney is sitting behind uh, a counter with a bunch of Bud Lights, right? And she's dressed like Audrey Hepburn in, in, um, in <laughs> Reckless activities. And she's mumbling about uh, March Madness, like, oh, there's this thing called March Madness. And I don't I thought it was just people going crazy in March. I mean, as if women are that stupid right. home deaf. Right. It was so demeaning. I was like, can you imagine if you did this, if this was a, a, a white guy in blackface doing that about Oh, forget people? it. Be all over. But, and by the way, uh, how many offices is it the women? I know they pick it, the teams based on the colors or the mascots, but how many women win the office basketball pool during March Madness. A lot. A lot of them. Yeah, right? no, women are into sports. I mean, of course. Of you know, course. Sports. I ran six miles yesterday, and I was at a track, 
It was raining. I was doing it. There were a bunch of girls. I'm going to say it was, it was at the Brian McMahon High School in Norwalk. There were a bunch of kids. When all girls, I mean, playing, killing each oh, other. More, girl, more girls won than guys. Were, and by the way, they were playing lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine were, yesterday was the Brooklyn half, and I would bet that the majority of runners were women. I mean, my wife alone has won 39 marathons. So. And, and by the way, it's a good thing. And, you know, and here's the thing. Here's the other thing about this trans debate, which is just unnerving to, to, to me in particular, and I'm sure you guys do. I mean, the fact that women's sports are being – you can be a man, a biological man, and play in women's sports. It's ridiculous. Change if you, I mean, it's just ridiculous. so nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's just – Terrible. Five, where's the – remember that whole thing when – People were uh, during COVID. I believe in the science. It was kind of a virtue signal from the left. Where's I believe in the science when it comes to this stuff? Oh, there's no science. Michelle Defoya said it on Fox on Friday. She's a woman, and it's ridiculous. Right. Now I know the House passed it that uh, men cannot compete if they put on a wig against women. But good luck in the Democrat Senate getting that through. But there was one other story about women which you wrote about, which is interesting to me, Charlie. You wrote this right. uh, just a couple of days ago. Wall Street egging on freezing egg pregnancy delays. Tell us about this one. Well, you know, it came to me through a banking source who sat down with somebody and they told about they talked about their daughter. And their daughter was a 26-year-old woman at Morgan Stanley who said that the latest craze to, to get ahead, and it's kind of, a, a, a again, a virtue signaling thing, is that if you, if you freeze your eggs, you're telling you're essentially telling management they believe uh, these kids believe that um, that that you're going to be around for a while. You're not going to like you're not going to get pregnant, and you know therefore you're you're ripe for um, for uh, for advancement. You know you're you're in the, you're, and so I said, wow, really? So I did did some. I called a bunch of people up. I had my assistant. Who, again, my assistant's thirty years old. She she talked to she knows women on the street that are in that age bracket. And it turned out to be true. I then called a friend of mine, a woman exec, longtime exec. She's uh, she's older. She's very successful. She's now you know a consultant, but she worked at Morgan Stanley and, and a big asset management firm. I mean, she's been there. And I asked her about this, and she said there is this vibe among young, younger women. And her daughter actually works on the street as well um, about this. And I said, wow, what a crazy story. Hmm. And um, you know who helped me with this story, kind of framing it a little bit, was Laura Ingram, believe it or not. So I was on Laura's show talking about DeSantis the other night. And before we got on, I, you know, she said, what are you working on? And I told her. And she started telling me about, you know, this is really crazy. The, there's obviously a religion. And, I, and I, I didn't put this together. I was focused on the compulsory thing aspect of it. But she said, you know, first off, this is not without its complications, egg freezing. You should just, you should, if you're going to do it, ladies, read up on it. There's a, there, there are complications involved. And then there's a religious element to it. I mean, you know, if you're a Catholic, if you're, if you're a Christian, you, you know, there is, there's that. So th- this sort of compulsory thing has other dimensions that, hmm. and, and I then I address that in the story, as as you could tell from reading it. Yep. Um, and I I think it's just a it, it it gives you an insight into Wall Street and what's going on in corporate America. I try to bring that to these columns, you know, like oh, you do. You don't try to do anything, Charlie. You succeed. Others try. The reason why you're the best, Charlie Gasparino, is you succeed, like you just did during this. 
Monday morning conversation. It was great, buddy. I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. Do it again very soon, please. Thank you. Anytime, Sid. Talk to you soon. My man, Charles Gasparino, he's so good. Charlie, such a smart guy. He knows Wall Street, business, money. We got a lot of folks on doing that stuff on this show, from Cudlow to Monica to Ronnie and Santa. But Charlie Gasparino, that's that's the real deal right there, folks. That'd be the real deal.